And now, proper propaganda. Watch it. Pull my mic back. You like that? Journalists with journalists too. We can strike back. Hardcore reporters with orders from headquarters. Behind enemy lines. Sidestepping the borders. If you are just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are now tuned in to Civic Cipher. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to need you to stick around a little bit more because we got a little bit more for you. Um, we are going to be spending some time talking about the Winston-Salem State University student who was arrested in a viral video after refusing to apologize to her professor. Um, yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> and uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Vic's VapoRub for our way black history fact um some stuff i didn't know you know black people are some innovators man we are and uh i i when i found that out i thought it was super cool and i'm i'm really excited to share it with you um but first and foremost let's discuss baba baba how to become a better ally here on civic cypher so today's baba let's send you over to a place we haven't recommended before the UNCF, that stands for the United Negro College Fund. Talk to him. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's exactly like what it sounds like for those who didn't grow up hearing the mind is a terrible thing to waste in TV commercials. Um, the United Negro College Fund is just that. Sounds a little old school, but it's because it's been around for a long time. And they're always uh, raising money. So I pulled something from uncf.org. Uh, this, by the way, is sponsored by Major Threats uh, for uh, high-quality menswear. Check out MajorThreats.com. Um, and again, this comes from UNCF.org. So it says, Happy Holidays. Thank you for your support of UNCF, its students, and colleges this past year. Your tax-deductible gifts have helped us support over 60,000 students at our HBCUs and over 1,000 other colleges across the nation. Your gifts help our talented and deserving students change the trajectory of their lives and help them to become the professionals our nation needs. Over 70% of them are Pell Grant eligible. They're from households with serious financial need and many are from communities and school systems that have been traditionally underserved. They need our help to get to and through college and we need yours. Please give generously. Um, So we've talked about Urban League. We've talked about NAACP. We've talked about you know, we support a lot of orgs, a lot of black orgs, um, a lot of social justice campaigns. Um, and I can't believe it's taken us over two years to mention the United Negro College Fund. But here we are today. If you feel so inclined to make a donation, of course, you can always donate to Civic Cypher. Um, our link is at civiccypher.com. But today's Baba, once again, uh, if you'd like to become a better ally, uh, consider the UNCF, the United Negro College Fund at uncf.org. The Angry Black Woman. That feels very unfair. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Unfair is a good place to start. It is a gross characterization used to legitimize unfair treatment used to legitimize subjugation, used to legitimize uh, hyper-marginalization, whatever you want to categorize it as. 
right? The othering of people. Let's paint a picture, right? Uncivilized, unsmart, uneducated, unable to properly communicate so that I can justify the disrespect that will follow me identifying her as angry black woman. But go on. No, no, well said. I love that. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Now, I need to say this. This is a historically black college, right? Um, that's what HBCU stands for, historically black college and university, Winston-Salem University. Um, the teacher is, or it looks visibly Caucasian white, right? And so I, I want to be as fair as I can be, right? So if you are a white teacher at a historically black college and university, there's already some things that I might give you the benefit of the doubt for. I might not think that you harbor as much in the way of traditional racism as a person who might be employed at a non-HBCU campus, right? So in other words, if you're white, but you work at an HBCU, you might kind of know what's up, right? But we've talked about this on the show before. It is possible for black people to be white supremacists. So it's possible for anybody short of that to at least weaponize the system against black people in a way that causes harm of a particular variety to that group, to our group, to black women. Okay. So of course I'm going to go through and read everything to you, but in, in short, what we have is a student and a teacher have a disagreement. Student is black, teacher is white. Uh, the teacher insists that the student apologize. The student insists that the teacher apologize. Um, the teacher asks the student to leave um, or apologize, and the student refuses to leave and refuses to apologize and is awaiting her apology. There's a back and forth. Uh, someone calls the police. I don't even believe it was that teacher in particular, but someone else called the police. Please show up. Um, and arrest the student. And that's when the video picks up. So if you have seen this video, um, this is what this is the part that you're seeing. When the student is arrested and you can see her face, you start to realize this there's this is not right. It's it's that same feeling that you get in your stomach when you see the police show up and arrest even little kids. And we've, we've talked about videos where the police come to elementary schools and arrest seven-year-olds. You know what I mean? Um, we've talked about how SROs, student resource officers, um, help fortify the school-to-prison pipeline because it's simply a matter of, it, it becomes criminal rather than, you know, um, just being disciplinary, right? Because we recognize that some students 
you know, their rules and, you know, uh, there has to be some structure. There has to be adherence to a set of rules and standards. There has to be hierarchy and respect and so forth in order for things to function. And if you go against that, then you set a precedent that other people could follow. You lose your authority and your capacity to teach. And then what are you really doing at the end of the day? But the overreach when it involves police who are tasked with dealing with criminal activity um, and often have sort of a uh, bully mentality, God complex, that sort of thing, you know. Um, and even if the individual officers don't, that element often brings that that with it, right? Um, you start to see like, oh, I don't really love how this looks. I don't love this. This shouldn't be happening. There's, there's got to be there's got to be a better way to deal with this stuff when it happens. And ironically, Ramses, she doesn't just look because nobody looks happy being arrested, right? She does. She doesn't just look unhappy. Yes, yeah, and upset. She looks confused. Yeah. Right. Like you at least understand when you've just committed a crime. Like yeah. Okay. Now this, I'm this being sucks, arrested. But yeah. This young lady has no idea why she's being handcuffed. Especially in light of the other person involved, the, the other perpetrator of the non-crime that happened, being the one instructing the police. Right. If you and I get into an argument and the cops show up, you shouldn't just be able to tell them, arrest this man. And and the police listen. Right. Except if this man looks like Ramses and I am less melanated, that outcome might actually play out that way. Yeah. Arrest him. He did this to me. Well, now I'm sitting in handcuffs on the side of the road. You know, you and I watched the video. Remember, there was two children fighting in a mall. Oh, yeah. And then the they cops got, show up and they, they tackle sit the, one of the they sit the white kid down like wait here. And then they the, tackle and arrest the, the black, black kid. Yeah. And he gets to watch. As a bystander or an audience. These kids were doing this, whatever the same thing. They whatever were both happening. They, they were, were both perpetrators it. of it. Yeah. Right. But by nature of just appearance, the black kid gets to be the criminal here. I want criminal element, if you will. I want to I want to say something and speak to that story. If I remember correctly, that white child did actually speak out against that behavior. Um, I, I thought that was very uh, important that he did that. And I, I his name is not in front of me right now, of course, but um it is possible to call out racism, even if it benefits you. And he did that in that moment. Now, let's get you through this story here. So, uh, again, my source material um, is BINnews.com. So be sure to check that out. I've got a lot of great stories up there for you. Winston-Salem University officials are speaking out after video showed the classroom arrest of a student who said she was detained for not apologizing to a white professor. Haley uh, Gingles, I believe it is, a spokesperson for the HBCU, told CNN that the now viral incident unfolded after, quote, what appears to be a disagreement over a class assignment, unquote, between a WSSU student identified as Layla Marie on social media and a professor believed to be Dr. Cynthia Villagomez. The university did not confirm their identities. In a video widely circulated online, two police officers appear to handcuff the student as she repeatedly yells, I hate you, at her professor. Mm -hmm. Mental health, anyone? Overwhelmed? 
you know, these are students and the world is crumbling around them. Angry that my police, my teacher, sorry, is weaponizing the police against me. Oh, yeah. And then what do you do? All right. You're the worst teacher ever. You get me taken out in handcuffs because I won't apologize. The student says per the video, because I won't apologize. You started yelling at me. You tried to embarrass me about my paper. Following the incident, Marie took to Instagram to detail the events leading up to the arrest. The WSSU student said Villa Gomez informed her that a group assignment she completed was done incorrectly and needed revising just six hours before she was set to present it in front of the class. Marie refused to revise the project in the short time frame. She said on Instagram, she came to class frustrated but ready to present the project as is. Villa Gomez said presenting the unrevised project would greatly impact her grade, which prompted a shouting match between the two, according to Marie. The university's chancellor, Elwood Robinson, released a letter addressing the arrest. Quote, we understand that the weaponization of police is a prevalent problem in our community. However, that is not what happened in this incident, Robinson wrote. We know the situation has caused a great deal of trauma to those involved and our campus community at large, but please know that every available resource is being extended to bring a resolution. Goes on, we know you want immediate answers, he continued in the letter. However, the speed of our processes does not match the speed of social media. Ultimately, we are committed to ensuring due diligence and fairness. We do ask for your patience as we must take the necessary time to ensure the safety of everyone involved. Disciplinary, disciplinary actions against the student quote, will be under review at a later time, unquote. The WSSU spokesperson said, as for the professor, uh, Gingles said she is very emotional and shaken by all this. There have been several threats to her safety, which, of course, are cause for alarm. Now, I know that we live in a world that does not that does not um, care to heed the sensitivities of really anyone, but in particular, marginalized peoples. Um, individuals might be able to heed those sensitivities, you know, um, and I've seen in recent years uh, movements toward understanding, acknowledging, accounting for, and even celebrating our individualities, our, our individual individualities. I'm not sure if, that's, if I'm saying that right, but I've seen the Me Too movement, and I've seen the world move a little bit closer to being kinder to our sisters, our wives, our daughters, etc., um, obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, where we were protesting for police reform. You know, I, in my mind, that started with actually on in in truth. In fact, it started with Trayvon Martin, and it picked up steam with Colin Kaepernick, and then it went fully global uh, upon the death of George Floyd. So we've seen the world understand that there is a little bit more than just there 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 may be some consequences you know there there is going to be people that'll stand up 
right? But for the most part, um, the world does not really care about our individual um, issues, our individual sensitivities. And I don't think anybody on planet Earth gets ignored or overlooked more than black women. With that said, that in and of itself could create lots of things that we might need to be sensitive to, right? No matter what, no matter what you say, a black woman is your mom at some point in your history. Uh, you would not be here if it was not for her. That is as close to God as you will ever be on, on this earth, in this realm. Make sure I say that right. <laughs> not sending everybody to hell. <laughs> um, but you, hopefully you understand what I'm, what I'm saying here. And, you know, as a result, it is possible for there to be disagreements. It is possible for, you know, black women to have, be fed up, have their Rosa Parks moment, have the, you know what, I'm just not, this is it. Take me to jail. Not saying that that's what um, this uh, the student said, uh, but standing your ground, enough is enough. That is something that we we see a lot of times. Um, black women, in particular, they they have to get to that point. And if you're not sensitive to all the other pressures that go into being a black woman, then you might look at this just like another angry black woman, not fully appreciating what it means to live in that skin, to live in that body, to live in a world that does not appreciate what it is that that person has to offer fully, right? Oftentimes, what it is that person has to offer is stolen from her used by other groups not she's not credited for it and in fact she's punished for it when it is her most authentic self and this starts when our black women are very young you know what i mean they're from the creativity they create on social media as children you know the most popular dances and tiktok crazes start with young black queens right someone less melanated and more popular makes it famous and gets all the credit there's no shout out. There's no tag. There's no nothing. You know, these these young black creators, these young black women turning these platforms into billion dollar platforms. Just off of their innate uh, ingenuity, style um, and talent. Having those things, as you said, stolen and taken away uh, and, and in cases where not only are things stolen and taken away and credit given somewhere else, but I bring up children because they'll get in trouble for things that other kids will get celebrated for. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's, listen, man, go to Fanbase, get the app, okay, Fanbase. If you really want to push back against that phenomenon that happens on social media, get Fanbase on your phone and follow Civic Cipher. Will be your friend. Um, but yeah. So 
what do you do in a situation like this? I think it starts with recognizing that police in your world, that's not the same as police in our world. The police may be the good guys in your story. And in our story, oftentimes, at best, they are the people that we simply need to avoid. At best, oftentimes. Um, I don't I don't know that there are many black people that look at police like, oh my God, let me go run. Like, if you're a firefighter, yeah, man, firefighters are cool. You know what I mean? Like, they put out fires, or, you know, that sort of thing. Police is like, hmm. You have a gun. <laughs> you know, this is you stay ready to end someone's life. That that energy is not. And then often enough, the people or, or rather disproportionately and unfairly, <laughs> the people often look like me. So using the police to deal with situations that don't require police presence is something that we should be mindful of. Uh, we should be mindful that black women are not a threat in a way that requires a criminal response. Um, who's to say what the right thing is, but I can definitely tell you what the wrong thing is, right? So we, we're all figuring out how to get through life together, right? And we're all figuring out day to day, using our own creativity, what are the best practices for ourselves and for each other as brothers and sisters. But I can say that calling the police on black women for anything short of legitimate criminal activity is a flagrant overreach. And the, the, the amount of scarring that that has, not just on that woman, but on a classroom full of women yeah, that saw it and all of us that saw it too. Perpetual trauma. And it's right. a disregard for their physical and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. We see the outcomes. Yeah. Right. I think one of the students even said when they were being interviewed, we, we, we watch the news. We see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. Why would we even play in those waters? Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's a better way to say it. It's a, uh, it's 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 strange because I far be it for me to say, listen, if a person is black, they should be able to walk all over you. Absolutely not. Right. Um, but maybe listen to what they're saying. You know, and if you can't reach an agreement. You don't, you don't go for the most extreme response, especially when that response. Has a drastic impact and the ripple effect goes well beyond the individual. And again, I think that a lot of times less melanated individuals are accustomed to calling the police just to deal with stuff that they don't want to deal with. And anything that is not going their way, it's like Karen energy. Well, if it's not going my way, I'm going to call the police. The police are here to serve my interest and represent me. And again, for black women, it's like, mm, this is, why, why would you call the police on me? Do you and, want me to die? Yeah. In instances where law enforcement should have nothing to do with the interaction. So two people handling a private issue. You grabbed the shopping cart before I did or vice versa. So you got the, the, the parking spot before me. The police shouldn't be called here. You know what I'm saying? And 
just again, something to bear in mind, especially when you're dealing with black women. I think though, above all else, if a black woman is that angry, black women, they've been through some stuff. It's probably best to just listen and then try to operate from that space. I think if you do that, everybody has a chance of ending up with better outcomes. So I guess I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to Civic Cypher. Once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. Uh, he is Ramses Ja. Thank you guys again. We appreciate you. Yes, indeed. Um, hit the website, civiccypher.com. Download any of our previous episodes. Um, that's also where you can submit any questions, any topics you want us to cover uh, and donate because the show grows with your donations. We've grown a lot and we will continue to grow provided that you continue to support us. Be sure to follow us on all social media. Uh, we are at Civic Cipher, uh on all platforms. You can find me personally at Ramses Ja. You can find Q at I am Q Ward. And you can find the both of us on the cover of Hip Hop Weekly Magazine this week. So check that out, all right? Rumor has it. And until next week, y'all. Peace.